I think we have to remember that, of course, the childcare crisis is an issue for the country and for the society, but it's a workplace issue as well, right? So I don't want to be too naive to say, oh, we have to be just parent-friendly because we need to be parent-friendly. Of course, it's the right thing to do. Nobody's going to argue against that. But I think it's also a way to be more competitive. You're going to be attracting better talent. You're going to be having a better engagement of your workforce. And I think it translates automatically in better performance, more commitment to your brand and so on. everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. My guest today is Ilnort Rueda. He's the co-founder of Arvory. They are a mission-driven platform that connects employers and parents with thousands of childcare providers to tackle the childcare accessibility crisis. With Arvory, companies build tailor-made programs, parents find high-quality childcare, and providers get an access to a strong source of customers. Arvory is an ecosystem. And the interesting thing about overseeing an ecosystem is that you really get a glimpse of society. So today, Ilnort and I talk about the child care crisis, COVID, issues facing working parents, and what HR departments can do to move the needle forward so we can all get back to work. Now, if you're a parent or a caregiver or not, and you're just in human resources, I know you're going to love this conversation. So sit back and enjoy this chat with Ilnor Rueda. Hey, Ilnor, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Laurie. How are you? Oh, well, I'm terrific. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. It's been a long time coming and you're doing some cool work there out in the world. So let's get started. Why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you're all about? Sure. My name is Ilnurt and I've been in a corporate life for many, many years. And a few years ago, together with a former client of mine, we saw that there was something wrong about childcare in the United States and we started digging deeper into the issue. And then we decided to set up a company to help parent-friendly employees become actually more parent-friendly in a more substantial way. Well, it's an understatement of the century to say that childcare has some challenges here in the United States. So maybe we can get started talking about that because, you know, I think here in America, we are very far behind the rest of the world and how we look at childcare, how we consider working mothers in the workforce. So maybe we can get started by talking about what did companies learn during the pandemic about childcare and work? I think the pandemic was a time where some things got an exponential or a very strong exposure of the problems we have been having for years, right? And the pandemic gave us a kind of a window into the home of people. And we saw children interfering with job and so on. And even though it was very visible, this is something that happens all the time, right? And companies and even very engaged HRs, they are sometimes a little bit aware of the logistics, but sometimes there is much more behind that if we go to how expensive it is, the financial struggle. So I think the pandemics gave us so, so many opportunities to see how far behind we are in really getting some solutions. And I don't even want to go into the direction of the government should be doing more or less and so on. That's a huge part. But when we started the company, we were asking ourselves, what can we do 
as parents, as spouses of working mothers to get this somehow better, right? Well, I wonder if we've actually learned any lessons and what's been going on in the childcare sector in the last few months. I mean, you're right, government plays a role and I'm optimistic with the infrastructure bill that here in America, we'll be paying attention to childcare a little bit more, but what's been going on in that sector? Well, the sector went through a huge transformation in the last few months. You probably remember before the crisis, we used to have expensive childcare and huge waiting lists. Quality was a big issue and not every one of the providers had really a good quality, even though they are all regulated. And in the regulation that it's very, very strict and very limiting so that it adds to the cost of running a childcare. And what happened during the pandemic is at the beginning, people just pull out of the service and a lot of childcare providers were just not having any income anymore. Then we came to a phase where a lot of frontline workers needed some type of support just to keep the hospital running. So some of them had to come back and structure themselves to help. So we really started to sense this is part of the infrastructure to make it work, right? And today we have a situation with probably 20 to 30% of the providers went bankrupt. And a lot of the ones that still operate, they have a lot of idle capacity, partially because of the restrictions, but as, as the CDC and the whole recovery process starts, they need also our help to get back to operate and hopefully get some of the ones that got out of business back to business and ideally get more supplies. If we think about from an HR perspective, people management perspective, all the getting back to work, even if it's partially remote and so on, that's going to be a huge part of the equation. There are restaurants that are not being able to reopen because people just don't get childcare. That's unbelievable for me. Well, you know, I think this issue of childcare and the post-COVID recovery is linked in such interesting ways. You know, there are anywhere upwards of 2.5 million women who have exited the workforce and are not returning because of childcare. There's this issue of a talent shortage. There's also this issue of unemployment benefits because apparently some dudes in a couple of states think that people aren't going back to work because they're just making all this money on unemployment when really the data shows that this is a child care issue. So can you talk a little bit about child care and the role of the recovery? You've touched on it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts a little bit more. Yeah, I like the additional dimension that you brought about uh, women and, and child care plays a, a bigger role. Unfortunately, the way that we have structured our society over years puts a, a huge burden of that. And we are seeing how this is hitting now. What we think it's going to happen is we're going to see a very step-by-step -step going back to some type of new normal. And that means that uh, Employers will have to have a little bit of patience in terms of how to accommodate for that. But I think they will also have to help these parents in a humane and very practical way on how to get back, right? And uh, a lot of that is it's just hearing what their current needs are and trying to accommodate and trying to find something that makes sense for the employer and for the employee. I still think that remote work is going to be important. So we need to be creative. And we have seen people, employers being extremely creative, like setting up some type of ways for, for parents to work together some space in their offices to take care of the children, tutoring and so on. And so we're going to see very different solutions in that direction. As I think about the role that HR has in reopening the economy and creating a world that's open for business in this post-pandemic world that we're living in, I wonder if childcare benefits can really make a difference for companies to build a competitive advantage. Can you speak to that? Sure. I think that HR 
thought leaders have to be just more daring. Sometimes I have the impression that's uh, bolder in terms of making the case and doing a little bit almost of advocacy for some of the parents. Many of them are parents and know exactly what happens behind scenes. And I think being bolder and bringing new solutions can be an important role, right? Of course, we have like the traditional solutions like backup care, like on-site childcare, but we all know th those are not the solutions that really work for everyone, right? Uh, on-site works for large companies. And to be honest, a, a lot of the, the people that use it, they have to bring the children to the headquarters and so on. That doesn't work for most of the parents, right? And backup care, a lot of companies have just expanded that because they have that. But actually, it's journal taking the problem by the root. So thinking about how can we provide more what we call primary care solutions that really avoid these more unexpected solutions like backup care that are just for the unexpected situations and extremely expensive compared to others. So what are some of the primary care solutions that are out there? I think it starts very simple as in terms of helping parents to, to find childcare. So there are a few platforms uh, already in the market that uh, that do that. We do that as well. And uh, also trying to help them get uh, better conditions, better deals. So if you are able to negotiate with a few childcare that are close to where your employees live, they can profit. As a company, you have a lot of credibility if you go to a chain or to a provider to do that. And, and something you should, as an HR, consider is there is actually money from the government to help you do that. And it has been there for years. If we take a look at Patagonia and setting up an on-site childcare in the headquarters uh, many, many years ago, they recovered 50% of their expenses from the government. So there is actually a way to make the government pay for that. So using more of those solutions makes a lot of sense. Well, I just want to clarify what you said, because most people in human resources say, I'm a parent and I need better childcare, but oh, it's so expensive. So I just want to clarify, can employers really just pass through some of the costs to the government? Yes. If an employer pays directly to the provider partially or the full amount, the full amount is quite a lot, right? But even if it's only partially, you can get that money back from the IRS. And depending on the states, New York, where we are based, it's one of the most generous states in that direction. And they just pass a new legislation. So next year, if you add all the effects, you can recover 94%. So if you give $500. It doesn't cost you $500, right? Why are we using that? <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. I think there are human resources professionals who are just stretched so thin and try to figure out where their priorities are in the organization that align with their male-dominated executive leadership teams. And these dudes aren't considering childcare complexities. Unless you can make the case for change in human resources, you're going to be stuck doing things the way you did before the pandemic. And I don't know about you, Ilnert, but I didn't survive the pandemic to live like it's 2019. So I'm so grateful that you're here to talk about some of the opportunities we can move childcare forward in organizations. So I just wonder, what are some of the most committed companies doing today for working parents? Give us some case studies about companies that are just knocking it out of the park. I would say in general, companies that are putting a little bit of money on the table, right? There is so many benefits that you can offer that cost you nothing. So that would be like the minimum you should be doing. You can get a lot of them for free. But on top of that, you can really use, for example, this tax incentives that only employers have access to. So that should be part of that. It makes sense to, to start, for example, if you already have an ERG of uh, women or of parents, let's surface those. And what really most advanced companies are doing is they're really thinking about what their, their specific par uh, parents needs, right? So it's not just 
thinking about generic solutions, again, to backup care. Backup care, it helps, but it doesn't solve the real problem, right? So is there a way to seal the real problem? Is there a way to better accommodate? Sometimes it's around improving your paid leave policy just to be more flexible. We, we all hope that it gets materialized through the new legislation and so on. But there are some things that we can do. I think that's partially of the basic. And the other is really helping find them the right childcare setup, giving them options in, in terms of some additional support. And probably more important is creating the awareness within the company that being a parent, it's part of the personal life and we need to juggle and to take it more normally, right? So some of this return to work programs, I think are very, very good in terms of demystifying things about lactation, feeding and, and stuff like that. I took a small leave when my son was born and I really enjoy being a few months home and having that opportunity. I would really, or admire companies where also fathers are encouraged and really take it as part of, of a normalcy to take that time, right? So I think companies that are really very parent-friendly are the ones that have managed also to change the culture into that direction. And that has to be a little bit with example and putting really those programs in place. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us about your organization and how it's looking to solve some of these problems? in the workforce. We're helping to employers, employees, and childcare providers to approach, right? So what we built, it's practically a platform where we connect all this, and we're trying to develop value-add services for all of them. On the childcare provider side, we are helping them to get new children into their business, right? So we have been doing a lot of promotion for them and trying to help our partners get them. Because we have the link to the employers, so we can get additional demand for their services. And I think most importantly, on the employer side, we have embedded all this legal requirements into our payment systems. So that's capturing all the tax incentives. It's very, very easy. And we created something that it's very open. So any site license provider can join our platform. So we don't have something like, oh, we have a, a close network of providers that we work with. So that makes it very easy, especially for companies that onboard into our, our platform. Everybody can keep their provider if it's part of the coverage of the benefit program that the company decides. And at the end of the day, operationally, it works very similar to a commuter benefits where you can pay through our platform with the big difference that it's not your pre-tax dollars, but it's also pre-tax dollars from the employer that it's really showing a strong commitment on that very specific issue. That's the way we operate and we have more ideas for the future, but that's where we started. Well, you started at a really important place for both employers and employees. I love that you've done that. You've created this dual-sided marketplace, this ecosystem, right, where people can meet the needs. They can really double down on their commitments to their employees. I mean, it's just such a smart place. I wonder why you do the work that you do. You mentioned that you're a father. You mentioned that you took some leave. Why start this company? Like, what's your why? My grandmother who I admire a lot. She was an early childhood teacher and she worked 59 years, first in childcare, then as teacher of teachers, and at the end in the regulatory body that defines the programs and things like that for the whole ecosystem. That was in Mexico where I grew up. So it's defined me a lot from what I am and what I understand of how important that is. She wrote books about that I read. But more recently, I would say I used to work for a consultancy firm for Carney. And I think the culture and the way that uh, parenthood was handled and the, the way I experience parenthood being at the company, it made a big difference for me, right? So my wife has an executive career, I have a career, but we both had this additional support and time from the people and from the firms that made a difference for us. And I think that should be the case for anyone, right? It shouldn't be the exception, which 
unfortunately, I think it is, but that should be really the rule. So we want to contribute to that direction. And my co-founder has a similar experience. So we are very engaged in making what we say, make childcare affordable for everyone. Well, I love that mission. As we wrap up the conversation today, I wonder what you want to leave our audience with. Our listeners are passionate about the world of human resources. They're passionate about doing the right thing for workers. And many of them are parents themselves. So what do you want to leave everybody with? I think we have to remember that of course, the childcare crisis is an issue for the country and for the society, but it's a workplace issue as well, right? So I don't want to be too naive to say, oh, we have to be just parent-friendly because we need to be parent-friendly. Of course, it's the right thing to do. Nobody's going to argue against that. But I think it's also a way to be more competitive. You're going to be attracting better talent. You're going to be having a better engagement of your workforce. And I think it translates automatically in better performance, more commitment to your brand and so on. So I'm sure that being parent-friendly has a huge correlation to being more competitive and a better citizen in this world. Yeah. Well, Ilmart, we'll have all of your good stuff in our show notes today. And I just want to say thanks for being a guest on Punk Rock HR. Great. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that conversation on Punk Rock HR this week. Now, for more information, all the notes, all the highlights, all the resources, you know where to go. You can head on over to laurierudeman.com forward slash podcast. Now that's all for today and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR. <laughs>